Hello. Welcome to Mind and Movement, the podcast, where we discuss mindful movement through dance and through life. Today, I have a conversation with the lovely Malia Gomez. Malia has been dancing for 14 years now, but she's still super young, and I just love her energy. We talk a lot about her experiences as a dancer, what we both have thought about the dance community and collaborating and teaching, and it's a total nerd out about psychology because she's also a psychology major. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Mind and Movement, the podcast. Today we have Malia Gomez, someone I met last year during ABBD, and I just feel like she has a lot to share. So introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Malia Gomez, and I'm so grateful to be here. And thank you, Justine. I'm so grateful to be your friend and like just the opportunity that you've given me is just like something I need to absorb in myself so yeah I mean I'm really glad that you're here and that I met somebody as wonderful as you um but tell us about your background who you are your dance background your other sides to you background okay so I started my dance journey at the age of four in the technique studio world and I competed in a local studio near my house and I competed probably until junior high and I do the whole international like competing against other studios in my area and sometimes going to Vegas to compete against just nationally and so I've been competing for a long time now and later I stopped studio dancing and I auditioned for Mighty Shock LA under the Culture Shock LA organization in 2011-2012 and then later moved on to Future Shock LA around 2014 and um, from there I joined Kaba Kids of Kaba Modern Collective in 2016 and um, I stayed on the team for about three years and I was grateful to have the opportunity to serve as captain the last two years and uh, compete in Hip Hop International in my second year under Kaba Kids. So after Kaba Kids in 2019, I just decided to take a break from like competing and being on the team and just learning how to dance like for myself and just picking and choosing opportunities that I wanted to take rather than like having to do or obligation because of I was on the team. So with that, I was able to have the opportunity to be in some of my friends' projects or concept videos and just like taking class. I'm sure like I'm at Snow Globe at least like twice a week during that time. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to learn from some of my mentors that I've looked up to for the longest time. And um, I just did that for the past two years. And currently I'm a freshman 
at Chapman University with okay. a psychology major, business okay. administration minor. <laughs> and um, I think right now I'm just dancing under people that I've wanted to dance to under before and like just dancing with some of my friends and just like having fun with it. And I'm really grateful for it. And even through this like pandemic, I've always found dance as a sort of like safe space and like learning how to find new ways to evolve and adapt to this pandemic while trying to get in the groove of like dance again. So that is such an extensive background. First of all, I had no idea. When you say like studio dancing, you mean like contemporary or like ballet, contemporary, whatever, whatever. Exactly. That whole deal, like training, putting together a two minute routine to compete against other studios with the technique classes and at the same time trying to balance school as like an in elementary school and like junior high. And I think like that's always been a part of me learning how to balance school and dance because I've just been doing it for the longest time. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was yeah. a journey. <laughs> and and just so like, you know, because I don't know if everybody knows how old are you now? <laughs> um, I'm 18. I'm 18. Yeah. Um, Wild. I it's dance has always been like the thing for me. But I also did when I was younger um, other sports. I swam for a bit. <laughs> I played soccer, um, but. I always had to like make time for dance and like if those activities started to become more time consuming like I always chose dance at a young age so and and you chose it like it's not something that like was forced on you or anything no no I'm like I'm very blessed to have like parents who allowed me to try different things at a young age and just see what I liked and then I chose myself to dance and I haven't regretted it or plan to regret it ever. Just just curious, what why dance? Like why'd you choose dance over everything else that you did? Hmm. I think I can refer this question to a specific like moment. Okay. And then I'll explain. Um as a young, like, I don't know, probably let's say like Younger. four or five. <laughs> I know. Played like recreational soccer, had like mm-hmm. a local soccer club and it was I was in like pink soccer gear pink Haribo pink soccer ball and everything (laughs) like I remember like you want me to pass the ball to another person and I have to rely on them to make it into the goal and that's how we win and I was like yeah this is probably not it like I do I have a lot of respect for team sports but I was always drawn to dance because like I got to do it for myself like I don't dance the same as another person the way that I dance is completely different than other people and I think like I was really into the creative that just Mm. the embodiment and like learning how to dance in different to express myself in different ways and then I noticed that at a young age, I like to do that because I had more freedom and just like a way of expression rather than like the, what's the word, like concrete goal to make it into the goal. 
know. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, I mean, I feel like dance teams to an extent requires collaboration and cooperation, but just maybe maybe not in the same way that like soccer does. Yeah, I think so too. I think teams as a whole is a very collaborative like network and a way of working. And I think in having um, being a part of a dance team, I think you still have the opportunity to like evolve and like learn what you learn on a team and kind of apply that to yourself and like pick and choose. And I think that's something that really makes dance stand out apart from any other realm of sports and stuff. So I think like, that's just the beauty. I feel like dance is definitely this weird, like collaboration of like being an athlete and being creative where like, there are like creative ways in sport to approach it, but not in the same way as like dance being like a creative expression. Anyways, you have basically 14 years of like dance experience or like dance history already, Mm -hmm. which says a lot because I think I only have like seven years or something, but anyways, but you're 18. How does it, how does it feel to be like, really young as like a human being but then having that like extensive experience I believe that with the experiences that I have and the age that I'm at I think one I'm more than grateful and honored to have experiences that I was given today because they've shaped me not only as a dancer but I've learned a lot as a person and I think dance has helped mold me into the person that I am today and just like learning how to communicate with others, how to approach things differently and problem solve, I think is something that I've learned a lot from dance. And with the experiences that I was given, I think it's kind of a, I want to say like a secret weapon I have in my like little Mm -hmm. arsenal of dance that I can kind of like share with other people or like talk to other people about or like it's something that I'm very grateful for because it's allowed me to grow as a person but with that I think it's a lot of I feel like I have a responsibility now to like use the experiences that I have to see what I can do to further my experiences or make new opportunities for myself for other people or contribute more to what those experiences have given me in terms of dance or just what I've learned as a person. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just seeing like, okay, like I have the experiences that I was given. I think there's always more to learn. I think that's something that never like goes away in dance. And so I think right now I'm learning like, okay, what can I use with what I have? And like experiences, lessons, people, connections, and like use that to drive forward and like create new things. Mm -hmm. And then I know you're like figuring it out, mm-hmm. but like, what have, what have you figured out? <laughs> what have I figured out? I think especially to all of 2020 and right now, like I'm learning that there's so much power in like exchanging like information in terms of like dance or like just simply like talking to people, talking to my friends about how they feel about their journeys in dance and life and like connecting with other people and learning how 
sometimes what I think may be completely different than what another person thinks. And I feel like there's a lot of beauty and a lot of kind of something in that that can like really help the both of us. And so I think right now in terms of figuring it out, I'm just learning to be observant of myself and how I approach dance and maybe seeing how other people approach dance and not just sticking straight in my like lane, if that makes any sense. Just like dabbling and trying new things. Like I, who knows? I know in the future, once this panoramic is over, like you bet I'm going to try to take a crumb class because oh, bet. it's like the best like thing. Like you always are learning. You're figuring out like, what haven't I done and what can I do to possibly learn more? Like, I think that's so crazy and such a beautiful thing about dance. And I love it. I love it with a passion. And although it gives me like, goodness gracious, dance can make me cry. And I think like, I'm sure like we've had many conversations and I've talked to you about how like dance gives me the worst, but it's the best. It's the best at times and it was the worst at times. (laughs) But overall, it's beautiful. And I think that's something that like is so individualized to every single person. I feel like, I mean, I I know this always comes up in like my, my conversations with people, but it's like, there really is that like duality of like, it being the best of times it being the worst of times where like sometimes you love and appreciate the diversity and the differences and the each uh each individual having their own experiences and then sometimes it's like ah man now we're having conflict because you're so different from me yeah right yeah especially within other people or like within yourself like oh yeah like what the heck like what was I doing there? And then now I'm different here. And then you're just constantly changing and that's okay. You know, is it? (laughs) I think it is. I think like learning to see the different sides of yourself in dance is something that can really kind of like, Oh, like I figure out what I like here. And I can, I like being around these people. I like learning from this choreographer. And it's just like your way of awareness. And I think as a dancer, you were built with awareness about like your body and just like how you are like connecting with other people. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. I think that's, it's nice that you like learn that earlier because it's not something that like I learned younger where like, it's okay to change or like not be consistent in different kind of situations. I was not a genius like you when I was your age. So I guess like do you feel like your age is like a double-edged sword where it's like you're really young and learning and but you're also really young and learning (laughs) you know for sure like I find myself like I love being the younger one in the group like I'm observant and I can be a little sponge and I like learn from watching and just like seeing how other people react I think that's something that I've done at a young age like dancing or being around older people in the dance community but then also I think it is a double-edged sword and then I start comparing myself to these people who are older than me and I found myself like I dance with them and so I like naturally compare myself to them and I think it's inevitable like as an artist like you always want to see how other people are doing and kind of like it's like a minor level of just like what can I do to be better 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I think like it's taken me time. I still like try to like remind myself that I'm 18 and they're older than me and they have a whole other life and we're whole other people. And it's doing a disservice to myself to compare myself to a person who we're completely different. Even people who are the same age as me, like I need to unlearn this too, just like completely different people and like different paths of life. And like when it comes to different ages, like I need to remind myself that it's okay. Just stay in your lane and just pursue and do what you love. Yes. But I feel like, you know, I feel like, I mean, I make a lot of notes right now about you being young, but I also feel like older people could benefit from that same kind of like, I'm learning Mm-hmm. because at least the the kind of like narrative that I was taught was that like older people know exactly what they're doing yeah. and they're authority figures that you have to obey because they know it all for sure and then you realize like oh wait <laughs> like as I get older I'm like oh wait <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing literally nobody I guess like as we all grow older to have that same kind of like spirit that you have right now, which is like learning and growing like all the time, you know, <laughs> do you find that your openness to learning is something that comes like easy to you or something that you have to constantly remind yourself of? So I believe that it comes, it's both. it. I think naturally I'm always been a curious person. I've always been very driven. So the thought of like wanting to grow or wanting to, learn more has always been like a natural part of me as a person um but I think I do remind myself that it's up to me and do I want to grow nobody is telling me that may need to grow or learn as a dancer and adapt but I think reminding myself that I there's no force in the world or there's no one who's telling me that I need to take these many classes and talk to these many people it's all like I need to remind myself that that's not the case and that it should be natural for myself. And I think that's when I think the pressure comes in. And I think Mm. the thought of other people, you know what I mean? Like the thought of people telling me that I need to do these things. And it's like, you know, I don't really have to do them. Like I don't have to, I don't have to listen to you. But that's when you have to, when I believe that you need to remind yourself that this is all for you. And like, if you want to do it, you should do it. If you want to not do it, like you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you okay. So you seem like you have like a really good sense of self or like sense of internal motivation. Um why do you why do you think that is? <laughs> I think why is that? I think why do I have a strong intrinsic motivation? Or okay, I have a theory and then you can let me know if if I'm right. I feel like, you know, it's always that like one, people are natural born tendencies and then two, they are like surrounded by like a nice nurturing environment. And I guess like, do you think that it came from being supported by your environment? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. Being a part of dance families and being a part of dance families and having my own like interpersonal family that values just becoming the best version of myself or always doing my best and I think I have to give a major props to Culture Shock LA and Kaba Modern Collective because it's always been about family it's never been about going to 
a competition to win first place or to go out there and make our name out there. Like it's always been about like, how can we be better than last time? And I think that's something that's I've carried within me as a dancer. And it's just what I've been around my entire dance career. And I'm even like, that's something that you can't pass by, I think. Yeah, that's really nice. I look at you and I'm like envious because I'm like, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't have that as a kid. So (laughs) the kind of like contrast, because I'm sure there are people that relate to you and then there are people that relate to me or, you know, they don't relate to either of us, but my parents and the kind of like dance teams that I was on as a kid was all like, do it for me. Like, as in my parents, do it for me, do it for the first place. You are a shame to your family if you don't win, like you don't have an identity for yourself, so on and so forth. But like when I talk to you, I mean, I always say this, but it literally like, it literally like gives me hope for the world because it's like people are developing with a greater sense of self-worth, which along comes with like intrinsic motivation it's just nice to hear that like you were surrounded by like great people and that, you know, these things happen to you. Like, I feel like you, like, I, like, I don't want to like minimize your experience, but like, for me, it's like, you're like a good example of like what the dance community can do for people. But it, but, but we know from this year that like not everybody got to do that. Yeah. It's, for sure. Like there's two asks that I've kind of seen. Like there's a lot of people who want like the social aspect of dance. Like I want to be around jams or have jams gone. And, you know, it's all like competition now, like trying to one up each other. And I feel like that's when we lose the sense of mm-hmm. the freedom that dance has given us. Mm-hmm. And just the social aspect and just like how dance has allowed many individuals to find something that they love and evolve in that and I think that's something that I think I can see hope for the future just that we're going to bring more this is something that we all love rather than who can one up each other and then how do you think that you can contribute to the future you just described oh I love this question this is so interesting I think in terms of me like contributing to that is just to open up spaces that or be a part of participate in spaces that that that's the mission for that to serve as an area for people to express themselves or to just dance for the heck of it and one thing I know for sure is that I want to be surrounded about people who are like-minded as me who see dance as an opportunity to like just social to dance and grow as people and like just to help each other I think like one thing that I think stands out to me right now is just the fact that I've been collabing with a lot of my friends just for the heck of it just because we like to be in each other's company and just to dance because you're being with people that you love while doing what you love together. And I think that's something that I see more of in the future, just genuine dance. Like that's what it's about.
So we talk a lot about, we talked a little bit, a lot about your, like your dance background. And I think like the part that where we connect as well is like our, our interest or your starting interest in psychology. And so we're going to go into that bit where I'm going to ask you, what is something that you've learned from psychology that you like see or apply to in dance? which is literally this podcast, but your ideas on it because you're also a psychology major. Oh, I love our psychology talks. The first thing that pops into my brain is the concept of social conformity. I see it as like an observer and I feel like I can say that I've like participated in the concept of social conformity. And let's, let me define this for yes. some who may not. I'm a first year psychology major. I'm trying my best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe that social conformity is just, it could be subconsciously or consciously kind of molding into a certain group, a certain idea, or if one would say, following the trend. And I think I've seen that a lot recently. And it can even be the smallest thing like, okay, like I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear my hoodie half <laughs> because I think that this makes me a better dancer. Yeah. It's this thing that I've seen. And that's a thing I've heard people say before. And it's per se, but this is a very chopped and screwed example experiment, but you're conforming into this sort of attire because you think that this is going to make you a better dancer. However, at the end of the day, like, you know, and we all know that, like, your movement and your presence is what's going to make you a stronger dancer rather than what you wear. And I think that's like a very chopped and screwed example of social conformity, but that's kind of just what I've seen. Question. Do you think that because they're wearing it and they feel cooler wearing it, that they actually are doing better when they dance because they feel better, like they feel cool about themselves. Like, do you think that's a thing? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Like I will stand by this too. Like sometimes I'm all about, if I look good, I feel good. I yeah. get better. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think like I start to notice that like, when people start to do certain things or like be with a certain group or kind of, bigger differently like into like a certain conformed group like that's when like I noticed that and I think connecting that back to dance and what I've seen that's just an example of me being a psychologist in a dance class because then I start to notice it like it's like a, a ripple effect and I think psychology is applicable to dance because once you start to like learn these different ideas and how people because psychology is a study of people's behavior mm -hmm. in a sense so as a psychology-esque person I'm in a dance room filled of dancers of different ages and levels that's when you start to see like oh my gosh it's like experience are right in front of me it's just makes my brain explode when people are conforming when what do you think they're conforming to? Like, like, do you think there's like a specific person that's like setting that like, be like me? Or is it just like, what do you think that is? 
Ooh. Like, why do people do it? In yeah, sense? because because honestly speaking, I mean, for the most part, nobody's really going out there and be like, look at me, like, I'm so cool. Like, nobody says it when they're taking or, you know, when they're teaching class. But it, there is that like interpretation from the audience of like, oh, that person's cool, right? Like, I want to be like them. Yeah, I can see that definitely. Or my friends are doing it, so I want to do it too. There's that like kind of friend kind of group, I think. Yeah. But I've also seen, I can't like pinpoint, but I think it can start from different things or like maybe as a person, like, I think I've caught myself doing this, like, oh, if I dance, if I dress a certain way as a dancer, I'm going to be better. Yeah. Right? I, I like, I'm like, what the heck? Like, it, I think all in all, like, it's just something that studying psychology and being a part of the dance community, like, you can start to see how people react in different situations. And from there, you can discern or acknowledge and be more aware of your surroundings and how people react differently, even in communication in terms of like talking to people about or communicating as you're collaborating. Like that's something that I've noticed a lot. Like when collaborating with my friends, we somebody has a different interpretation of the song as I do and I'm like okay like so how can we mesh these things what do you hear what do I hear and communicating that is something that I learned throughout psychology that has allowed me to have better connections with people or a better way of communicating in terms of dance or even just talking Mm -hmm. you know in terms of collaboration, because I think that's something I think about all the time. I feel like there are, there are different types of collaboration. And then there's, okay, I don't know if you've done this, but there, there are people who are like, I'm going to choreo this account and you're going to choreo that oh. account and we're going to call it a collab. Mm-hmm. Right? I've seen that. Yeah. And then there's the collab of like, what do you hear and what do I hear? And like, how do we combine that? What do you think in terms of psychology wise or like your personal story wise makes for a good collaboration? Or like, how would you communicate that? Yes, go ahead. It's learning to find like your groove together. Sometimes I've experienced this too, like in a collab, you're like kind of clashing ideas. Like I have this idea, you have this idea, who's going to win here? You know, but in terms of creating a collab, I learning to see the differentiation as an opportunity to like maybe I can try something new maybe we can both hear the song differently it's easier said than done for sure like nobody goes into a collab like how can we psychologize the crap out of this collab today so it can be so mesmerizing you know but I think like just like the awareness of like okay like maybe I've never heard the song like this before let me hear it how you do and like from there you can oh like maybe I can do something differently to there. And I think what makes a collab that is, I don't want to say perfect, but like a collab that's meshes. Meshes, I think is just one that you're just like open to different things that both of you guys are, or how many people you collab with, like openness and just being ready to like, let's hear it the way that you do. And let me, let me explain what I hear. And like, from there, you probably will figure out a way that you both like, or like, okay, this is it. And I think one thing, I find it really 
important in terms of like dancing with other people is for just to be comfortable with the person or like talk to them and like see how like each other are doing before going into yeah. like that's why I find collaborating with my friends such a fun thing and we're literally having so much fun I love it because like there are some of my BFFs and we're doing what we love and I'm learning how they dance sometimes and they're learning how I hear the music sometimes and you just end up like finding each other's groove and collaborating more with each other is something that I think will help mm. get your rhythm going but I think just being open I think is what's important. So do you do you find collaborating with like your closer friends easier? Is that is that like something that you were saying suggesting? I think inevitably, like, I find it easier to collab with my close friends because I'm most comfortable with them, but Mm -hmm. I'm learning to branch out and dance with new people that I have, like, I respect that I wanted to dance to, dance with for the longest time. And I think at first there's always, like, that, like, hesitation, like, I don't know if I should say this because I don't know how they're going to react, but, like, in my experience, I have found that seeing how each other are doing and, like, explaining yourself in a common collected way is something that goes it propels something that is better than just like I think this that's it related question you talk about like finding each other's groove Mm -hmm. I'm like how do you do that (laughs) I always want to do that Hmm. if it's not like you're just close with this person yeah like how do you find this groove with each other I think first like you guys have to choose like it sounds so cliche but choosing a song that you both like are eager about or something that like oh we both love this song we're gonna have so much fun like regardless of our how close we are to each other like we both find a common ground that like we both really enjoy the song and I think from there you just start to I will be completely like honest with my friends that I'm not as close to, we'll probably like spend like 15 minutes replaying the song and just dancing weirdly. It may not even be dancing. You could just be doing a party dance. I don't even know. From there, like you're just like reciprocating each other's energy. And like from there, you just start to like, oh, oh, we have so much fun together and like understand we both like the song. And from there, like it's just going to develop as you go. I like that. I guess to like contrast that kind of like positive collaboration experience where like all of these things worked and you're finding your each other's groove. Mm-hmm. Have you had collaborations where like that's not a thing? Oh, for sure. Like to contrast it, like what made some collaborations work and some not work? Well, I think to contrast what like we were saying in terms of making a good collaboration is kind of like, the contrast of that, let's let's say, wild example, a group project for school when one person doesn't contribute or have the right intentions or like care as much as the other person. I think that's when you start to see like, oh, like we have different intentions and then one person ends up doing the work, you know, like that's just like, I think we've all been in a situation where we're like, oh my gosh, I got to pull it for this other person because they're not doing their side. But in transits to dance in that 
sometimes we may have different intentions for collaborating and and that's okay and I think you don't always have to make the perfect piece with the person it's not meant to be like that like that's when you like learn and just figure out like what you can do better next time and like it's never a waste or never a bad opportunity to collab with another person because at the end like you're both learning how to do better the next time individually or collabing with another person I think those experiences what is what sets you apart from other people and helps you build your little dance bubble of knowledge and then uh in terms of choreoing I guess like how do you find it how do you find collaborating with somebody different from when you're choreoing by yourself oh it's such a vast difference it's absolutely like absurd to me because I'm like how is it so I feel so much more comfortable collaborating with my friends and then when I'm going to choreograph on my own it's kind of like I'm like doing my thing I'm like nobody's here to tell me if they feel the same way yeah psychologically what's happening (laughs) Psychologically, I'm learning to trust myself and trust my instincts and not learning to seek others validation and just understanding that it's just me and that's something that is personal towards me and it may not relay off to what other people are thinking while watching me I think at the end of the day it's just like choreographing should be for you I like the way that I feel dancing to this song so I'm gonna choreograph to it the way that I want to in comparison to a collaboration it's like all right so what do we both feel like how can we both do this better and I think being individual by yourself is way more scary because you're learning to not care about what other people are doing or your other person who you're collaborating with yeah I feel like for me it's it's almost always easier to collaborate with other people than it is to like create by myself you ever hear about like I think it's called a social facilitation theory. Oh my goodness gracious. I've written a paper about that. Social facilitation basically says that like, if you're in the presence of another person, you're going to do better than if you're by yourself. Just the act of somebody being there makes you feel like they're helping you in some, in some degree. I mean, depends on the person. Like, obviously if they're there like shitting on you, you're not going to feel that way. But like, if they're like a neutral kind of person um, or even they're, you know, they're like actively trying to help you. And I think it like relates because it's like when you're collaborating with someone, you're kind of bouncing energy off of each other. And so you either do better or you like bounce lower but like when it bounces lower, you kind of like know that like this is not working out. Yeah. And then you can just back away. Whereas like when you're by yourself, it's kind of like this is not working. That's not this is not working out. Like, <laughs> and then it's this like constant like decrease of like ah, this isn't working. Like this is not working out. That's what I feel. I don't know if your creative process is the same way, but I think so too. I even find it easier or more comfortable, easygoing for me to choreograph my, by myself, but like have other people in the room with me. Yeah, have, right? Like, it's so weird because I'm like, it's like you start to find like what you like and like having other people there just makes it a lot more uncommon because I think like the presence kind of drops. But I have a question for you. Oh, okay. 
you said that sometimes you do better when you're around other people, right? Um, in terms of dancing, right? So random thought. Do you find it easier or more calming to, let's say, study in with other people around you? Like, do you go to cafes and study with other people or not with other people? Maybe you're there by yourself, but like you're just surrounded by other people that like, do you accomplish more in terms yes. of studying? Really? Yes. Um, studying I'm better at. So like, I'm, I'm good with studying for tests or studying in like a college academia setting, because like, that's what I studied <laughs> is how to study and like my psychology. Um, but I do find that like, it's easier for me to study around other people because something about like people, other people focusing at the same time as me it just helps me like focus but that being said there are people that you study with that like aren't studying yeah and then in terms of like going to a cafe or going to like the library that is called context reinstatement because you associate the library or the cafe with studying and then simply by being there you're like the similar neurons that fire literally fire in the same way and then you become better at studying in a cafe versus if you're studying at home this is why like part of the reason why like the pandemic is really hard is because people associate home with like rest or like not with work for the most part and then like people having to like make their bedrooms into where they study where they like work is really hard because their bed is right there and so it's like almost like in your mind there's like a space and it has to like rewire but also relating that to dance it's easier for me to dance in a studio than it is for me to dance outside of a studio like by myself like anywhere and it's just because (laughs) I've I've been at that studio for so long that it's like it fires the same kind of uh, neural pathways that it always does. I don't know. I don't know if you if you've thought about this, but I think about this every now and then. (laughs) Or just like how I have to literally rewire and learn a different way because of the spaces that I'm at. I definitely hear you. Or like, it's so weird because sometimes I think that I feel a lot more focused and I get things done when I'm studying in like a quiet, nobody's there but me. Because I feel like I'm a very like, I like to like scope the area and like I'm very observant. So like if I'm in a cafe, I'll like study and then I'll look up and I'm like, okay, so that person is ordering this. (laughs) No, yeah, I get that. (laughs) And I think it's so interesting. And then like dance with, I think I choreographing by myself at home is sometimes so different than choreographing by myself in a studio and different when I'm choreographing in a studio by myself or choreographing with my friends in a studio. And it's like, I find that so weird. And I always find myself getting so like frustrated because I'm like, why can't I choreograph like this myself in comparison with my friends? And then I'm like, it's just learning like I gotta like relax like it's okay yeah it's so it's so same same thing like recently it's like I freestyle better in my room and then I go and take class and I try to like freestyle like add studio effects and I'm like 
it left me <laughs> like it literally left me um and it's really because like us as humans really adapt to our environment and we are really social animals so it makes sense like it makes sense that like I can't just translate this in my room to the environment outside it's so anno- it's so annoying <laughs> yes when and even to like go back to this like pandemic like switching classes from indoor to outdoor like can we see the drop in attendance because it's outdoor compared to indoor but I think that's so like a little bit of like yeah I'm not doing well as a dancer because I just feel weird dancing outside and I think that's something that we need to remind ourselves that like it's okay like you're not meant to change like this fast you know even within this pandemic all of a sudden we have to change our ways like it's something that we all have to learn that it's okay like we're just slowly learning to like find new avenues and I think that's something that the pa- the panoramic has given us yeah. <laughs> that's true okay I feel like I feel like something I find really interesting too though is like dancers like us we grew up dancing like in a studio in front of a mirror on social media like watching ourselves dance all the time whereas like people from our old like older generations they like danced in the streets you know it was like hip-hop developed in like um, parties like social parties like it was never about like looking you know and and so like the outside classes in some way make people feel more than they're looking Mm -hmm. and and like in that sense I think this is this is also kind of why in my opinion that like outside classes work at FX because San Diego is very much about cultivating that like feeling and love for dance rather than looking and loving dance anyways so we talk about like potential psychology theories and you can pitch your own after this but something I've been thinking about like it would be really really cool if we had like two choreographers and they taught two groups right and it's like they either learn it learn this piece with a mirror or they learn it without a mirror Mm -hmm. like they learn it inside or they learn it outside and it's like and you have people like judge based on like which group they were in to see whether or not people perform the piece more or like are cleaner with the mirror but like they're not as feeling yeah I think about that every now and then because that sounds like a really cool doable psychology uh study but anyways or if I'm gonna add some spice into your experiment like maybe like bringing another group who's learned it at home through virtual university and like or and then maybe even add another group who like what like just observe like what group do you think is the most appealing to you and who knows the best amount of result that's going to happen yeah I mean this could be a literally a whole ass like I would be so down to run this though (laughs) when's our paper when are we starting a paper (laughs) all right let's give it let's give it like three months I know you've said this about like potential psychology studies you want to run, but genuinely speaking, like related to dancers, do you have like an idea that like you would want to do? Potential psychology experiment that I have in my brain, it's just a lot of like 
how do you learn? You know, like there's different kinds of learners, like visual, auditory, like aesthetic, and what's the other one? Visual, kinesthetic. There's another one. No, but you know, tangent, um, there's some studies that say that like that's not a thing. Mm, I think you told me that before. Yeah, I think I did tell you this. So there, so okay, learning styles. I think like there's there's two parts to learning, or like more than two parts, but I'm gonna break it down in two parts. Yeah. But there's the engagement part, and then there's the actual like information that is being taught, like how hard that material is. And so engagement or fluency is like how well you're teaching the material or how like engaged you are with this material how hard something is it's like two plus two is a lot easier of a question than like linear algebra right Mm -hmm. and so like that's like two separate parts I think people have their different preferences for how much they're engaged in Mm -hmm. preferences not like set in stone in terms of content of the actual thing yes so not like set in stone but like I prefer to learn with uh auditory Mm -hmm. and I don't prefer to look at visuals but if they're there I will look at them and like if they're important you tell me that it's important I will look at it and that there's also that like school of thought where it's like you learn better by watching and listening Mm -hmm. and so you're not like either or if that makes sense it's like you can't solidify yourself into one style yes it's more like what you prefer in terms of the content of what's being presented to you Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with like dance right like you can't I mean you could but even within like popping or like you know hip-hop like you can't really say that like I only do the Charleston right like that's not a thing but you might have your preferences for like house or popping because that's just more like you yeah this is a whole conversation because uh my whole theory about everything is that like personalities um preferences intelligence is just preferences they're all just preferences for the world so you can't really like say oh i'm a visual learner i can hear you I can hear you. Obviously, I can hear you. I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you you can't just like you'd be like I prefer to look at vis like visuals, but you are not a a just a visual learner because we don't just learn through visual. I can definitely vouch that that's the thing because like I think I like to. I'm a very like kinesthetic. I guess one would say in school. I like to write things out. Like me too. I need to get up and walk around during Zoom, yeah. right? But then in dance, like I'll literally just be stand there and be like, "Can you do that like five times?" Because I just watch. Isn't that such a weird yeah? Thing? And then that's when it like the way that things are presented. I think also I have another psychology theory right now. <laughs> you know, like the wording effect, right? The way things are presented influences the way that you react to them right? Like, let's say for dance, I think I've noticed that when things are presented to me differently, I tend to either like it or not like it. And this goes, this comes back like to me going to certain choreographers again, because I like the way that they teach compared to other choreographers, because 
the way that they teach is something that I'm just not fond of, you know, like it's different for every person. So like finding the differentiations between each of these choreographers, like maybe they teach without the music for the first part, you know, like even like the simplest thing, it's not even like the wording effect, like the way that they present things, I think has a major impact. Very I think it goes back to how like you talk to other people or even like engage in a class. Like if you're, let's go straight into the choreo without listening to the song. Like some people would prefer that or some people may prefer listen to the song first, feel it out and then let's learn the piece, you know, like, and there's the thing is what's phenomenal. It's like, there's no right way. You know, but I think like everybody benefits from good, good teaching or good priming. I think, I think good teaching is just good priming. And so like, I want to say like, I mean, I don't know this, but just based off of how I feel and what I've noticed is that like good teachers are going to play the music first because you almost, uh, and if they're bad at counting, right? Especially when teachers are bad at counting. And I'm not talking about like one and two and three and four. I'm talking like if you do like a boom, the tick, 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 like that kind of counting. When you count, literally at the same tempo and syncopation as the music your brain is like instantly like primed to to like see that when they're doing it like you see exactly what they're hitting because they primed your brain to do it that way bad teachers don't do that <laughs> i like i don't know what else to say but like they don't they don't do that and it and it's not like it's not that the choreo is any harder. It's that they're not teaching it better. Mm-hmm. There's this um, psychology study on fluency, and I think it translates, but it's basically like this, where two groups read the same passage, and the only difference was one of them was painted on faded ink, and the other one was painted with dark ink, or printed, sorry, printed, not painted. And the group that read the dark ink, easy to read passage said that that passage is easier than the group that didn't, that read the like faded thing because they put in more effort to actually read the paper. And so they thought that it was harder to understand. And so that's kind of the same thing with teaching where like, I mean, this could be a like a study too, but basically like, if people aren't teaching it well, their teaching is like the color of the ink, right? So if they're bad at teaching it, it's not that like, sometimes, sometimes, it's not that like the the choreo is harder. It's just that they were bad at teaching, right? There are people that I take class from that I'm like, your choreography is so hard. Like it's so hard, but they teach it they teach it so well that like it makes me think that I can do it and then I do it and I'm like no like <laughs> that's that's not it um do you know what I'm talking about yeah it's like it was such a good class I couldn't get it but it was a good class like yeah maybe you're prime that they're good teachers or maybe like you're just like in that preconceived notion that like, they were good teachers so I'm gonna allow them to you know I didn't get it but you're good teachers compared to like it wasn't presented to me the way that I felt that it should have been presented. Therefore, I didn't get it because you didn't 
presented to me the way that I wanted it to. Yes. There's, there's also that. So I just think dance is so subjective sometimes. I find count very helpful because I'm very like logical. Like I need the math, like, and dance is like math to me sometimes because it's like a whole goddamn equation. <laughs> and then you have to like, when anti like that's like numbers to me and that's like those are facts and that's how I'm gonna do it you know mm. and I think that's something that I like gear towards but I think like the booms cat and all that stuff and the straying away from counts is something that I'm still trying to like become familiar with because I'm so used to things being so structured mm. and it's so interesting because like we're kind of like in different little bridges yeah we're like kind of like need the same things yeah I'm definitely better with the beats because like I think this, this the other thing about counting is that like I learned Chinese counting first Ooh. and for some reason I find it harder to understand counts in English. Counts counts by themselves don't mean anything to me but if you count them in the same way that like you would execute it. Oh yeah for sure. I think that's kinjas like kinjas really they know how to count. It's oh. always like a one two and a three and a four you know like that kind of like intonation with the counting versus just like one two and a three and a four you know like I'm like okay um, like, that's not helping me that's so important I think yeah I like that too anyways that was a whole tangent last question before the rapid fire questions currently I know I've asked you this but just to like tie this whole conversation up Currently, what do you think your purpose is in this community? I think that my purpose in this whole bizarre dance world is to, I'm going to put this into sub-genres. I think what's important to me in terms of like my purpose and my place is to advocate for bringing back the passion, the love, the essence of dance, I think, is what's something that I strive for. Also, I just using this as an opportunity um, to evolve, to see that there's so much more to dance. I think, like, there's so much more to, like, go into class, to just learn I think like from there you can like see and grow and pick and choose what you like and develop that as a person or artist or dancer athlete whatever you like my thesis statement is overall my purpose in the dance community is to help others and uplift others to just become the most authentic version of themselves yes love that I like it sounds so cliche I know that it does but like overall like I think like I'm surrounded by surrounded by such amazing people and people that are really good at what they do and what I'd like for them is for them to see that themselves and for them to know that they can you can literally do whatever you want and take the world by storm. You know, like we all have it within each other. And it's just like, it shouldn't be about competing against each other to see who's going to one up each other. But it's like, how can we help each other or like be there for each other? Because this dance thing is not easy. 
like you're not going to wake up one day and just fucking fly to China and teach. It's just something that I think is so important. And I just wish like it'd be more of a uplifting kind of community rather than just like, how can I beat up everybody? And, <laughs> like one up everybody. Period. Period. <laughs> that was great. That was a great answer. Um, okay. Ready? Really quick. Okay. A moment that you can think of that brings you joy. Ooh. Um, my first uh, solo class, Kava Modern Collective, I taught by myself for the first time in like 2019. It was like one of the scariest things I've ever done. It's crazy to say. Crazy, uh, scary, but also scary, but like, happy. It was, so fun. it was so fun. Like after I was like, this is so cool. But it was yeah. really scary. Like I was like nervous. Okay. Sorry. Shut I, I hope you teach it. I hope you teach more classes as you know, hopefully this pandemic comes to an end. Anyways. Uh-huh. Um, one of your most favorite slash meaningful pieces you've danced. Ooh, that I've created. Doesn't matter. It's one of my first Mighty Shock pieces, Roy Meets World, a benefit show 2012. It's not even a piece. It was a moment. Mighty Shock, we were trees. We were trees, right? Mm -hmm. In our benefit show. And I knew like it was the weirdest. Like I was like, I'm going to be a tree. And we didn't even like dance. But I think being there and like just seeing like all of these dancers, like collective as a whole, like raising money for um, the cause that we were supporting at the time. Like that was something that was like so much bigger than me. And that's something that I'm like going to forever remember. It wasn't even a piece. It was just, we were part of the piece. <laughs> we were just. Oh my God. That's so cute. I would want to see, I just, I would just want to see you as a tree. Anyways, <laughs> something that you had to unlearn this past year. That rest can be productive that because I always feel and I feel like my family my friends can vouch this like I have such a high caliber for myself mm-hmm. and I always need to be doing stuff even if it's school or dance and I never rarely allow the time to like rest and have like me time or just like feel like okay like I can like not do this today like I don't have to dance every day in order for me to grow as a dancer and that like sometimes rest and sometimes not doing things is actually more beneficial for me in the future something I had to Mm -hmm. relearn this pan pan especially Mm -hmm. complete the sentence dance is therapy I am grateful love it okay and then lastly i wanted to raise awareness to an activism org that you also want to promote so let us know let us know it the um organization that i want us to contribute and participate in is the support the aapi community fund it was created by gofundme and it basically in a whole like nutshell it's just to raise awareness for the marginalized Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders who um, who these attacks have been towards and these it's time for 
us to raise awareness for that and to uplift and empower the AAPI community as a whole, especially, I think, in ties to what's going on right now. As of early, I mean, end of March, you know? Period. Absolutely so grateful to have had this conversation with Malia and also just to be your friend and being able to nerd out over dancing, over psychology, and also the fact that you're 18 and I'm six years older than you, but I feel like I can like talk to you for forever. I really appreciate our time together and your friendship and your energy. I think it's so positive and so needed right now. And thank you so much for sharing that with me as well as the rest of our listeners. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope to see you next week.